Welcome to UX in the world. I'm your host Austin Fisher and today we're talking about customer service in the modern age. Now, what does this entail? Well, we're going to discuss social media's role in customer satisfaction, how social media has disrupted the 9 to 5 of the conventional business, dang millennials, and how customer service can be improved and more efficient despite dealing with a whole world of 7.3 billion people every single day. First, let's take a look at the roles of different social media in brand marketing. So first we got LinkedIn, which represents the professional brand. Uh, here the company posts milestones, significant company events, product releases, industry-related content relevant to stakeholders, and thought-provoking articles. Now, customer interaction doesn't really happen on LinkedIn. It's more of a corporate yes-men site where everyone boosts each other up for no real goal or purpose other than to feel better about themselves. Then we move on over to Facebook. Now here we get closer to authentic customer interaction. On Facebook, brands release information relevant to customers on a mostly daily basis. Now brands create the pages for their product that users can like if they're enthusiastic customers or if they simply just want to know the latest updates of a product that they love or enjoy using. Now some examples, we have McDonald's who has their page devoted to delivering updates on new food releases and marketing themselves as a selfish restaurant. I'm, I'm not kidding, see their latest ads, they're all about not sharing fries, not sharing nuggets, not sharing anything. It's, it's a very weird marketing plan. There's also Instagram, on the other hand, which posts more of their top trending user generated content, selling the concept of the brand as a photography hub on top of their usual product updates. Now the problem with Facebook for marketing and outreach is that people don't typically go to Facebook pages to get updates. Quite simply, users go to a Facebook page to complain. I mean, it's just so easy. This is the biggest problem with Facebook as a brand center. It leverages the comments section and all the complaints just as powerfully, if not more, than the articles that are being posted by the actual pages themselves, which gives users the weird advantage power to voice their disapprovals and concerns to a huge large audience, oftentimes drowning out the actual posts being made by the company completely. Twitter, on the other hand, treats brands far better than Facebook does, favoring actual posts well over the replies to the post. This way, people's concerns and complaints don't drown out the message the brands are trying to convey. This leverages the main reason brands prefer using Twitter to deal with customer interaction over Facebook. Additionally, on top of this, the restriction of 140 characters per tweet deters users from spouting every single concern they have and kind of forces them to articulate their problem, which in turn makes it much easier for brands to solve and to respond to. Facebook is where users go to voice their problems, but Twitter is where users go to get solutions. So when we go on Twitter to complain about the extra charge on our credit card, our bad customer experience on an airline, or the missing second slice of processed cheese on our double cheeseburger, we expect an immediate response, right? How should brands react to online public complaints? How should users react to the responses? And why has the quote-unquote Twitter call center changed how companies manage their employees and run their businesses? Is this really the best way to deal with customers on a daily basis? 
the birth of the 24-hour wireless internet has been nothing short of spectacular for every industry. People can order new clothes in the dead of night, connect with their friends and family instantly, and nobody has to get off the internet so their parents can use the phone like the good old dial-up days. But when consumers are given 24-hour access to e-commerce sites, products, and services, there inevitably will be workers up at all hours, including evenings and weekends, anticipating some customer will need assistance. But when a company fails to staff enough workers over the weekends, they can't keep up with the load of calls that come in. Because when you think about it, people are most likely to be using products, services, and e-commerce sites on the weekends or in the evenings when they have free time, they're out adventuring, or they just want to do something different in their lives. Despite the influx of active consumers on weekends, companies frequently understaff their customer representatives. And this is a problem. So here's a great example. On the weekend, I was ready to purchase a ticket for the Niall Horan concert coming up in November. It was the Ticketmaster verified fan presale, and Ticketmaster is known for having really kind of cumbersome rules and contact info for each ticket they sell. Everything's a little bit different, and it's not exactly easy to know exactly what you can do with each ticket you have. So, well, when 10am hit and the event went live, I launched onto the site and managed to secure one ticket. At a quick glance, it was abbreviated LSG, which to me says left side ground. Seems reasonable, right? But I didn't think to double check the acronym. And, well, Jesse kindly informed me that it was actually left side gallery, aka considerably less ideal than expected, high up in the uncomfortable seats with no legroom. I cursed myself because I had just bought the ticket, so I went back into Ticketmaster, and after refreshing for a few minutes, managed to secure another seat much closer for the exact same price. Now all I had to do was cancel and refund the first ticket. Seems easy, right? Well, you would be wrong. Ticketmaster states that they have regular customer hours on weekends, tending the emails and the call centers even open as well. So I emailed them and get an automated response saying they'll get back to me within about 24 hours, maybe longer if it if it backs up in a little bit, you know? Well, 48 hours passed and there was still no response. Keep in mind, I only have 72 hours after buying the ticket to refund it. So I was getting a little bit restless. So I called. On the line, they said the queue would be longer than 10 minutes for a representative. So I requested a callback. Two hours passed and no response. So at this point, I do what any rational, irritable person would do when displeased with a company. I complained on Twitter. So I went to the Ticketmaster support DMs, sent them my order number and last four digits of the credit card, and within 20 minutes, the Twitter account straightened everything out, refunding my ticket, voiding my order, and solving my problem. It was easily the simplest 20 minutes ever. Afterwards, I checked my email, and apparently I finally got an email response earlier in the day from my initial request that I sent two days ago, and the person who responded to that email told me it was not possible to refund the kind of ticket that I purchased. Well, joke's on him, I already refunded it. I don't know what kind of game they're playing over at Ticketmaster here, but clearly their Twitter support crew is far more capable than the email respondents. How does this tie back into the topic of user experience? 
Well, phone calls force each user to be dealt with one at a time, and emails have a habit of being bogged down by other important messages and emails from within the company as well. But with Twitter, there's no real competition. Workers are only responding to consumers, and they can respond to multiple consumers at a time and handle multiple situations at a time. It's more convenient, more efficient, and tackles the problem before it gets worse. The downside? People need to be working those weekends and those evenings. Now, here's the big question. Is breaking the conventional 9 to 5 mantra necessary for delivering an acceptable user experience in the modern instant everything age? It certainly seems like a radical thought, but the more you think of it, the more it might not be a horrible idea. Let's take a look at how current businesses run with the whole 9 to 5 schedule. Most continue offering services on their websites, but purchases typically don't get confirmed until the next business day, at which point they'll start shipping. You know, the next business day is a very common way of saying we're not getting to this until humans can access it on Monday especially if you're doing stuff on weekends. And this can be a bit of a problem because people want stuff right away. Now, Amazon works around that model by offering their entire collection of products and merchandise on demand. And Prime Shipping gets it to you within two days guaranteed. Oftentimes, packages will come the very next day. It's like magic. Take that, Mr. Dursley. Post now does come on Sundays in this magical world of Amazon and e-commerce. But, okay, on the support end of things, that's where lots of complications arise. Customer problems need to be addressed right away. Time is precious for the average user. If customer service is reserved exclusively for business hours, then customers won't really get the assistance they need until they're also at their own desk job and are far too busy in the moment to deal with the problem, further delaying their assistance. Now, the system is terribly inconvenient for everybody. The best user experience for this situation is to have a representative available and on hand whenever the user needs one. Now, like we've mentioned so far, that's not exactly easy when dealing with evenings and weekends and time where people would rather not work. But this is where chatbots can come in handy. Lauren Dagworthy over at Sunwell, who's somewhat of an expert in chatbots, can tell you a little more about how chatbots are changing the world we live in, especially how humans communicate, and how there's still a ways to go with fine-tuning this technology. Here's Lauren. Hey, what's up, Austin? Um, I heard that you were looking for opinions on chatbots, and uh, I've actually had some experience in the past working on them, so uh, I thought maybe I'd throw in my two cents. I think the main goal of chatbots right now is to become a better way of dealing with customers over social media and a, a better way for people to interact with, with companies. But right now, the way that chatbots have learned to respond is not the same way that we want to be able to communicate with them. I find even chatbots for some really reputable companies are still pretty clunky and they're not at this point a good enough stand-in for an actual person. I think in a lot of situations chatbots are trying to get us to tell them what we need from them, but in a lot of customer service interactions especially, there's a lot of need spotting happening on the side of the service provider, not just on the side of the client. I think what's missing right now with chatbots is the understanding of what their clients actually want from them. 
So very basic chatbots have a database of words that they understand the meaning of and that they're able to interpret. And so when the client doesn't type in one of those words or has a typo or maybe decides to be funny and uses some slang, if it's not able to properly process that, then it's not able to help the client. I have noticed that the chatbots that have had some sort of AI or machine learning integrated into it do have some sort of improvement in this area, so I think that's definitely the way that designers need to head. They need to try and get the machine to learn about the client just as much as the client's learning to interact with the machine. In terms of user experience, because I'm sure that's what you want to talk about, um, I think that chatbots are a really good avenue to go down, especially if your company doesn't have a lot of available manpower for the tech support department. But on the other hand, I've actually just had a friend get um, let go from her position, her long-standing position at a social media company. Um, she was a liaison between uh, companies and uh, their customers. And she was recently let go because she was being replaced by a chatbot system. So there is a little bit of conflict there, but I mean, chatbots are relatively low cost once they're launched. And as long as the chatbots are being designed effectively um, on the back end, they can be very easy and natural to interact with. So I do think that they have the potential to elevate a customer's user experience. Anyway, that's just my take on it. I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Lauren. You can find Lauren as Sun Whale here on Anchor. She has a lot of great thoughts and show of her own, so please check her out. Now, chatbots are a worrisome technology because, as you heard, they're effectively replacing human connection, causing people to lose their jobs all over social media. Now, the relieving thing about chatbots is at any time, you can request a human instead if you really want and need one. But what if that stops becoming the case and humans are no longer available to assist you for these mundane tasks? A world of customer service robots is fast approaching and we need to be prepared as consumers and corporations to adapt ethically. Lastly, we're all competing with 7.3 billion people in this world. That means chatbots and customer reps are dealing with them too. There are a lot of people with a lot of problems all the time and the hardest part is managing it all. The best way to manage a long queue of people is to be openly transparent about everything going on within the customer experience. Now, This can be in the form of live progress bars where you can see at a glance where your support ticket is along the line, if it's been seen, responded to, or solved, similar to how Domino's Pizza shows a progress bar of how far along your order has come. Now, If you remember my story from earlier, Ticketmaster only told me that the phone queue would exceed 10 minutes of waiting time. That, that was it, that was all they said to me. There's no real way of knowing the actual value, but if the computer is smart enough to estimate average call time and it knows how many calls are waiting in the queue, then it should have all the data necessary to tell the customer how long they're going to expect to wait. Like This way, the customer can actually plan their day around the call instead of sitting around in boredom for two hours, twiddling their thumbs on the couch and wasting the gorgeous weather. For those wondering, I never ended up receiving a call from Ticketmaster, so either their system is intelligent enough to know another rep solved my problem, or their call system just really sucks. Now, it's not easy to solve consumer problems because the expectations of the modern instant problem-solving world are often unrealistic given the capability of human workers. Chatbots are one way of addressing the demand problem by giving everyone a response. 
but I argue they aren't that much more innovative than automated phone bots. You know, where you simply punch in a number corresponding to your choice and then things happen automatically? Chatbots can, at the very least, filter out all these simple complaints, leaving the complicated requests for the human professionals. But think about this though. What happens if a chatbot is hacked? What happens if a chatbot is manipulated to get another account's data? As the technology grows, security is always everyone's number one concern, and we must consistently be careful with what we give out online. Well, that's it for today. We briefly took a look at how social media has affected the customer service industry, particularly how the instant culture we live in has caused problems to the 9-to-5 business model, and how we could move forward to tackle this problem while maintaining ethical practices with use of chatbots. Now, thank you for listening to UX in the World. I am your host, Austin Fisher. Thank you, Lauren, for the special commentary on chatbots, and you can find her as Sunwhale on Anchor. Remember to applaud and share this podcast, and together, let's educate the world. P.S. If you want to complain about my podcast, my customer representative Twitter handle is at Stuxane. That's S-T-U-X-A-I-N. I will gladly listen to your thoughts, and I have an impressive response time between two and three minutes. Alright, see you next time on UX in the world. Thanks, users.